here this morning. Amen. Come on, somebody. Let's give it to the Lord today. God, you're so good. You're amazing, God. Hallelujah. Lord, you just blow us away with your goodness and your faithfulness. Hallelujah. Amen. How many can lift your hand to heaven and say, amen, God has blessed me. Come on. God has blessed me. Amen. How many have been blessed with salvation? We've been blessed. Amen. Oh, with healing. Amen. Come on. I just want us to take a moment and just thank the Lord for what He's done in our lives. Can we do that? That's what worship is all about. Let's just say, God, You have done it. And without You, Lord, it just could not have happened, Lord. And I give You the praise and the glory today, amen, for what You've done. Amen. I'm so excited about that scripture in Psalms when it says, Blessings chase down the righteous. I like that scripture. Come on, some of you act like, man, it's taken a while for it to catch up with you, but that's all right. The Bible says blessings will chase down the righteous. So how many can just say real quick, Brother Matt, I want blessings to chase me down today. Overtake me, amen, and run over so I can give to other people, amen, in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. And uh, But how many just uh, are thankful that, you know, no matter what goes on around us, God's got a handle on it. I said, God's got a handle on it. We need to remind ourselves of some things. And I want to do that today. Uh, I want to turn with our Bibles or click on a device to Hebrews chapter 12. I want to encourage you today about the shakings, the shakings that are going on. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26. I'm going to start in verse 26. Hebrews chapter 12, right after the, he- the heroes of faith chapter. It says this in verse 26. It says that when talked about obeying the word of the Lord and how that we ought to obey the, the word. But in verse 26 it says, when God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But next time he says, I will not only shake the earth, but the heavens too. By this he means that he will sift out everything without solid foundations so that only unshakable things will be left. And since we have a kingdom, nothing can destroy let us, or an unshakable kingdom, let us please God by serving Him with thankful hearts and with holy fear and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Verse 29. Can we pray? Lord, we just thank You for today. Thank You for everyone here listening. I pray that You would anoint our ears to hear what You're saying and anoint my lips to speak what You want me to say today. I pray it would be encouraging, uplifting, but also, Lord, challenging. Challenging to us that we need to see what's going on around us and know what you're doing about it and move with you according to what you want us to do. We pray today that we would not be so easily overcome with what's going on around us, but that we would rise up to the challenge to be people of faith and overcome in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You know, since the beginning of COVID, we have heard this word shakings, and, and, and I remember hearing messages and sermons about it. But how many know 2020 isn't over and we're still not out of this thing? And I believe that there's still uh, a whole lot of shaking going on. Amen. But you know, many people say, well, I don't know what COVID's about and where it came from and what it's all about. You know, if you believe that COVID is from man, the scriptures teach us that, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what happens, what was meant for evil, God's going to turn it around for good. David said, I will not be afraid of what man can do. If you believe this thing is from the devil, the Bible declares no weapon formed against us is going to prosper. And whatever the devil is doing, amen, uh, God is doing something greater. Come on, amen, that the gates of hell will not prevail against what he's doing. Is that right? 
if you believe that this is just a, uh, just a, a happenstance, you know, that this is just life and this just happens, well, the Bible says and declares in Romans that, uh, you know, uh, that all things work together for the good of those that love God. If you believe that this is from God and God is somehow dealing with us, then how many know the Bible says that even in His judgment He remembers mercy. Amen. That Come on, whom He loves, He what? Corrects. Is that correct? Right? Is that right? Amen. So no matter what you see and what you hear and how you feel about it, the Scriptures promise us that God's going to work it out and God's going to use it for His glory. Amen. Is that right? Amen. And you know something, when it comes to shakings, I believe that really a shaking is this. A shaking can be defined by what we see is when God allows a disruption in the normal order of things. When God allows a disruption, and how many know there's been a disruption? And some say it's a distraction, but how many know we could say it's a disruption? But God is allowing this disruption of the normal order things. I like what my, really our good friend, late Pastor Steve Fox said. He said, an unshaken church will never shake the world. And how many know God allows us to go through shakings that we can shake the world? Amen. It's just not going to happen, is it? And so I know that when God does something and God shakes and God moves, I know that it won't be, it doesn't simply mean that we won't have problems. It means that we're going to have strength when there's a shaking. It means that we're going to have strength when we are shaking. And how many believe that God loves this world and whatever God does is for His will, for His glory and His plan? Amen. Right? Is that right? And so we've been talking about this. And we Over the years we've heard about this shaking. But in Hebrews chapter 12 it says that God will shake again. God will shake again. And not just the earth, but God will shake heaven and earth. Now let me just point this out and let's just go into this a little bit because what he's referring to is found in Haggai chapter 2 verse 6. He goes back and he quotes from the Old Testament prophet Haggai and he declares what he was declaring back in his day that he said God's going to shake things up a little bit more. How many know God's been shaking some stuff up and it's been kind of good, is that right? Some of it's a little uncomfortable but some of it's been really good. Is that right? And so how many knows that when God does something, He doesn't just bump into something accidentally. He does it with a purpose. Amen. And so God's doing this with a purpose. But Hebrews chapter 12 is bringing our attention to this purpose. And he's repeating what Haggai said. And so I just want to look at that scripture in Haggai chapter 2 verse 6. This was written during a time that uh, there was the rebuilding of the temple. And the message was to the people of God not to lose heart. Don't give up. But but focus on what God was doing during that time, during that culture. And he, and he called through their attention something, this prophecy that God began to give Haggai, and he began to call their attention to something. And he said, not just lose focus, don't just, you know, it's not the message isn't just lose focus, but you need to focus on what God is doing in the midst of this shaking that we're going through. And so Haggai prophesied to the governor. He was a political leader. And he also prophesied to the high priest, which was the spiritual leader, the religious leader. And how many know when God shakes something, he does it both physically and spiritually? Is that right? Yeah. So he's talking about something here. and He's talking about both physically and spiritually, meaning that what, what God wants to do is going to touch in the spiritual realm, but it's also going to touch the physical realm. How many believe that? One person. Maybe by the end of this we'll have five. So... And this is what it means. And Haggai, in this one translation, says this. Once and for all, in Haggai chapter ver, uh, verse 6 of 2. Once and for all, I will not only shake the, the systems of this world, but also the unseen powers in the heavenly realm. 
So he said, now I, I shook something before. Now, if he says once again, he uses this term once again, yet again, or yet once again, or one more time, that means he did it before. How many know God, God had shook the earth before? Well, we're going to talk about it in a second. And then you can say amen with confidence. And so it, he says this, he said, once and for all, I'm going to shake the systems of this world, and I'm going to shake heaven too. And so he's not only saying don't lose focus and don't lose heart, but he's saying, look, I'm going to give you the intention and the reason behind the shaking. How many believe God has a reason for shaking? Amen. Amen. Yes, he does. And so the phrase, yet once again, what, yet once again, when Haggai says that one more time, one more time, I'm going to shake, or to shake again, refers to two things. Okay, it refers to two things. And we're going to talk about it real quick because it has a lot to do with today in our culture. Number one, he talks about purification, and then he talks about deliverance. Let me explain. As Haggai looks back, this is what he does. He says, when I'm going to shake it again, that means there was a, sh a first shaking, now there's a second time. He says, I'm going to do it again, so that means God did it before, is that right? So what does he do? He goes back and he looks back to the first great shaking in the moral world, which was at Mount Sinai, or what we consider the Exodus. The time when the Bible says that God spoke from his holy mountain and shook the earth. Wow. So that's what he goes back to and he says, I'm going to, he says, now just like I did back then, I'm going to do it again today. And so this is what he's talking about. So it's when God's revelation by Moses to his people, really what happened is it broke up the darkness of the pagan world at that time. And then it began to serve as a monument against the error of man's heart until Jesus would return. Did you know that? And so he said, I did something so monumental back then. He says, but guess what? I'm getting ready to do it again. He said, I shook the earth once. I'm going to shake the earth twice. I'm going to do it one more time. And so we see that the earth shook at Mount Sinai. And so the phrase here, when he talks about it, he gets into this and he says that the phrase here is one last shaking. That simply means a thorough house cleaning. I'm going to, I'm going to clean house. I did it one time before. I'm going to do it again. I'm in a clean house. I'm going to get rid of all the historical and the religious junk. Everything that, that, that I don't like in the earth. How many know God can do that? He's the boss. This is his, this is his world. And so he said, I'm going to do that. And so, so that all that remains is the unshakable elements. And I'm going to make sure that everything that is good, everything that's important, everything that's godly remains when I shake the earth. Now how many can say God's certainly shaking the earth? Yes. Amen. And so it was during that time. And you know during that time of Mount Sinai, the great exodus, you know what happened? God not only shook uh, the earth at Mount Sinai, but the, God used Moses to shake Egypt from their gods. Do you realize that? That's what the ten plagues were all about. That Egypt was so steeped in, in false religion and so steeped in, in witchcraft and idolatry, they were so bound, come on, they were so bound that God used Moses to shake the Egyptian false gods. How many can lift your hand to heaven and say, my prayer would be, God, shake me so there's no false gods in me. Amen. And so that's what God did. And so he began to shake the earth of these false gods. And we see the, the purification that God did. God said, I need you guys to clean yourself before you get out of, you know, when you're coming out of Exodus and coming out of uh, Egypt, I'm going to do a purification. I'm going to cleanse you with some plagues. I'm going to shake the Egyptian uh, 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 heavenly realm, amen, that we can do this thing. And so this purification, what happened also is that during that time of Mount Sinai, of course, the word of God came. 
the law of God was presented. It was revealed in the earth for the first time like never before. And how many know when the word of God hits the earth, it shakes the earth? Yes, it did. It shook the earth. That was the word of God was revealed in the earth. And so the word of God, the Bible says in Psalms that the word of God is right and it is pure. So when the word of God comes, it brings purification. And how many know God shook the earth with his word? Amen. And so it brought purification and it brought these things. And so when the writer of Hebrews also goes back and he quotes and he says this, he says, our God is a consuming fire. Now he noticed and he says this at the very end, oh, by the way, oh, oh, by the way, we need to serve God with fear and reverence because he's a consuming fire. And many people look at that and go back to Deuteronomy and they look at that and they, and they think that, that God is talking about the destruction that's in the fire. But what he's talking about, he's not talking about the destruction that's in the fire, but he's talking about what's left after the fire. When God says, I'm a consuming fire, he says, I want what's left after ideal. That's what I'm after. When I shake something, I'm after what's remaining, what's left. That's what God's after. How many know what I'm talking about? A lot of people want to see people barbecue for a while and burn up, and we want to see people destroyed. But how many know when God comes with his holy fire, it's not about destroying something, it's about establishing something. It's about purifying something. How many have been touched with the fire of God? Amen. And it burns something away in your life, and it burns something into your heart. But anyways, when God shows up, the Bible declares he's a refiner's fire, and he's a fuller soap. So there's purification. The second thing that we see when God begins to shake and went at Mount Sinai and during this time, it was for deliverance. Haggai deals with this and he talks about this, deliverance. So he looks at it and he says it wasn't just for Mount Sinai. The second time, God is moving on a grand scale, a bigger scale. It's for the future. It's for embracing not only the first coming of the Messiah, but the second coming of the Messiah. That final consumption of all things the Bible says and speaks about in 1 Thessalonians. And it talks about when Jesus comes back. How many believe that Jesus is returning? Amen. We'll have an altar call afterwards. But anyways, Jesus is coming back. And so that's what he's talking about. He says, look, I shook the earth one time. And he said, God declares that I'm going to shake the earth a second time. And I'm going to bring such a mighty purification and such a mighty deliverance, amen, that anything that's not of God is the only thing that's going to be left standing. Amen. And this is how God works and this is how God's dealing. So I believe in our nation, in our culture, we're experiencing a shaking. And just like we see in verse 7 of Haggai chapter 2, he declares it says it's a shaking of all nations. It's not just the shaking of a one people group, it's the shaking of everybody. And how many know when Jesus comes back, the whole earth is going to know about it? Amen. The whole earth is going to shake, the Bible says. And so this is what is included in this prophecy. And I believe that God is going to intervene again on the behalf of the church. Amen. And that's what's happening right now. And so I see that. I see God intervening on the behalf of the church and his people. And, and really what's happening is this interference is just on such a, a bigger scale of Mount Sinai. This is what Haggai is declaring. He said, look, I did it on, on Mount Sinai and that was huge, but what I'm going to do in the future is much bigger. This goes beyond Mount Sinai. This goes beyond just my people. This goes to everybody. And so he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this on a grand scale. And in fact, Haggai begins to prophesy not just about the, the, the Mount Sinai, but he begins to prophesy that it's a result. This result is going to uh, take form in a, a really a worldwide fame 
uh, and an accumulation of God's glory to the temple. To the te- he mentions the temple and he said, in fact, he, later on he says this, that the glory of this present house is not to be compared to the glory of the latter house. It's going to get better, it's going to get better, it's going to get better. How many know God's working in the church and we're getting better and brighter and stronger in Jesus' name? Come on, is that, is that right, somebody? I, as I said last week, Jesus isn't coming back for some uh, older woman that can't hardly get out of her chair and, and is, is beat up and, and, and the things of... No, it's a young bride, the Bible describes, that Jesus is coming back for. His church is going to be strong. Amen. Amen. And so this is what Haggai declares, that it, there's a deliverance. There is a, there, there's what happens when God shakes, He sets free. He begins to, uh, he begins to uh, do things in such a way that uh, uh, we see Him and His glory, and we see Him in His presence, and we see Him for who He really is. Amen. And I believe that as I see in history, I see that the earth shook at the cross. In Acts chapter 4, the Bible says that the saints prayed, and the place that they were uh, meeting was shaken. By the power of God. Amen. And how many know when Jesus comes back, the earth is going to be shaken. Amen. How many believe in the second coming of Jesus Christ? Amen. I I honestly believe that. We don't hear a lot of sermons on that. But you know something? When I talk about Jesus coming back, this is something that we should celebrate and not be afraid of. Too many people preach it that, oh, you, you have to be so afraid. No, it's something that Christians anticipate almost on a daily basis. This is our future hope. This is our future joy. Yet will again, will I shake the earth. And how many know we're looking for that shaking in Jesus' name? Yeah, we're looking for that great shaking. But how many know God's going to shake some things right now? And Haggai is saying, saying, don't get, lose heart. Don't, you need to stay focused because God's shaking some stuff right now. And it's part of His plan for what's coming in the future. Amen. And so I want to just go over some things that can be shaken. What does the Bible describe and, and talks about the things that cannot be shaken, but there's things that can be shaken? What are some things, this could be a long list, I want to just narrow it down. What are some things that can be shaken? I, I look at our lives. I first think that our lives can be shaken. We can be shaken in our lives. Sometimes we think that there's, there's nothing else that helps, and there's nothing, no one else we can turn to. There's nothing else that works. We come to a place that we're shaken to the core. Things happen. Maybe we, we, we thought that we were financially secure and there's a shaking that happens and it totally uh, messes with our mind. I thought that I was okay. I thought I was stable. I thought we had a good thing going, but then there was this shaking that happened in my life. How many know there's shakings in our lives? Amen. Yes, there is. And if you've lived any length of time, you'll say that God has got me through a lot of shakings in my life. Amen. And there's shakings in our lives and there's things that shake you to the core and it's at that time that you ask yourself, what will I do during this time? Some th- things are taken right out from under you. Maybe there was a loved one in your life that you felt was taken at an early age or you, you thought that maybe something happened that I don't understand why this happened. It seemed like it was just taken from me or shaken from me. I was shaken to the core when this happened. And I believe that it, it begins to lead us to this place that God wants to bring us as a church. We ask ourselves, is what I'm doing really of faith? Is what I'm doing really of Christ? Is it really for His glory? Is, and how many know shakings in your life bring you to this question, what's really important in life? How many know it's really brought us 
since the spring, we've really asked ourselves what really matters in life. What really is important in life. And when it comes, push comes to shove, it's about the Lord. It's about our family. Come on, it's about some... And how many know, you have been learned this since the spring, there's just some things that don't matter in this life. Amen? I'm going to know your health matters. Your family matters. Some of these things are important to us. And so, you know, as I looked at some of our uh, shakings on our life, I found out that there's really two things that come from the shakings on our lives. I found that either a harvest or hazards come from the shakings in our life. Amen. Let me focus on the harvest that comes from our lives. You know, one of the things I think about is the Bible teaches a lot of agrarian principles or talks a lot about gardening and farming and things like that and uses analogies and types and shadows when it comes to things in our lives and the harvest. How many know Jesus talked about the harvest and Paul taught about the harvest? And, and I believe that when it comes to our lives and there's shakings in our life, that simply means that maybe you're harvest ready. I mean, no, sometimes the best way to get apples off the tree is shake the tree. How many when the wind blows through that tree, it shakes the tree? And you know, when God brings a shaking in your life, I want, to have, I want you to have confidence that maybe God is saying, your harvest ready. There's a harvest that's ready in your life. Well, God, I'm not comfortable with it, but how many know it's ready? And God says, maybe I'm said, I'm harvest ready. And so there, there's a time when shakings come in our life for harvest. But how many know that without fruit in your life, any fruit that you see in your life or any, any blessings in your life usually starts out with what uh, a good fruit tree has and that is a good root system. How many know there's not going to be any fruit in your life until there's root system and you're established and you're rooted in your life. And so there's a shaking that comes in your life and if you're not rooted in Jesus Christ, it just might overturn some things in your life. I just, come on, you, you, and I've just seen some people that over the years it was like they just weren't strong enough and when that thing hit their life, they just walked away from the faith because they weren't rooted in Jesus Christ. How many know we need to put our trust in Him? We've got to be rooted in Him and there's shakings in our life, but you know there's not going to be any fruit in our life until we're first rooted and I believe that the root system supports the fruit season. Your root system in your life supports the fruit. I'm not seeing any fruit in my life. Well, how deep are your roots in Jesus Christ? I'm not seeing any good things. I'm not seeing any things happen in my marriage and everything. How deep are your roots in Jesus Christ? How many know when the shaking comes, it never really tests, amen, the, the superstructure. It always tests the foundation. It always tests the roots. Amen. How many have seen it this, this last uh, month where just huge trees have just been uprooted? And you thought, man, how much does it take to uproot that? Well, a good shaking usually takes, come on, a root system. And so in our lives, we need to see, amen, God do a work in our lives, amen, but we need to have a good root system. You know, I've thought about how God shakes our lives or allows shakings in our lives, and I believe that the number one cause of God's judgment in the earth or the way God deals with us is the degeneration of our character, usually through pride. How many know when God deals with us, it's usually our pride. It's usually because we've gotten away from the Lord and allowed some things to come in our life and our character is really not lining up with what God says it should. You know, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, it, he lists some things. He says, in the last days of perilous times will come. And you know, there's 19 things that he lists. And at the end of that, he says that they are corruptions. They are corrupt. People that practice these things are corrupt in their mind 
There's corruption that has come into their life. And you know, when God deals with us as people, when deal, God deals with people of the earth, how many know it's usually because there's such a degeneration of our character, we've gotten away from the things of God. We've gotten away from God. We've stopped honoring God. Is that right? We get, we get lifted up in pride and we say we don't really need God that much. How many know America's kind of gone that way? Amen? We've gone that way. And, and that's, how many know that's a dangerous place to be in? It's a dangerous place to be in and when we say we really don't need God as much as we thought we did. But you know, something about corruption is you cannot slow, you can't slow down or you can't reverse corruption. Think about fruit. Once it's picked off the tree, there's a process that happens. There's corruption. There's an erosion, isn't there? There's something that begins to happen. Now, you can, you can delay it. You can preserve it. Is that correct? But you can't stop it. And I believe that God really uh, does not really reverse corruption. Let me say that again. God does not reverse corruption. Amen. Well, that, that, that's just messing with my religious bubble. No, he doesn't reverse corruption. What happens is his solution is you need to be born again. You need to become a new person. Amen. There's corruption in your life. I'm not going to reverse it. I'm trying to just change and tweak some things about you. You need to become a new person in Jesus Christ. Amen. And so when God deals with our lives, he deals with the corruption that's in our lives. Come on, that we're... We're allowing in our lives, and sometimes we just need to allow the Lord to shake us and wake us up to some things that are going on in our life. Amen. And so God shakes our lives. He shakes us personally. A lot of things we could say there. But number two, God shakes institutions. God deals with institutions. Someone said that America, America needs to be judged. Uh, you know, America deserves judgment. But you know what God is judging in our nation? God is judging the systems of man. Is that correct? You know why? Because I believe there's enough godly people in this nation praying and fasting that can turn the hand of God. That can change a whole nation. Does anybody believe that? Does anybody believe that there's a remnant in our nation that God can just use that remnant just to change our nation? Right? So I, I believe that what's wrong in our nation is the systems, the broken systems of man. That's what God comes to deal with. That's what God shakes. The financial institutions, the business, the governments, the education, the political systems. These are the things that God begins to shake among us. Amen. And so I believe that you know, one of the things the Bible teaches is that once we start getting comfortable here in this world, and once we start trusting in the world system, that's when we become carnal and worldly minded. And the Bible says, listen, warns us, don't get so comfortable here. How many know this isn't our home? We're just passing through. We're just, we're just, come on, we're just uh, aliens uh, in this land here. But this isn't our home. This isn't, we don't belong to this world system. We belong to another kingdom. We belong to another system. We belong to something greater, something higher, something more powerful that's going to last and it's going to stand the test of time. It's called the kingdom of God. And so that's, that's what we have to do. And the Bible says that you become carnal and you've got to correct that. So, so he deals with institutions. And now, why does God allow shaking in institutions? Usually for three reasons, I think. Number one, because of pride, injustice, or indifference to God. When people say, oh yeah, we, we don't need God anymore. We don't want God anymore. How many know they're kind of setting themselves up for a major dealing, a major shaking? Any, anybody? Is that anybody? Is that, come on, if it doesn't match your theology, it per, certainly will match your experience this morning. Amen? Because that's what happens. And so, so this is what God does. Psalms 46, 6 and 7 says, Nations are in an uproar, kingdoms fall. 
He lifts His voice, God lifts His voice, and the earth melts. But the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. He's on our side. Amen. And so how many know that institutions that ignore God, institutions that choose to, to go a different way and, and live for themselves and, and uh, all these things, how many know God doesn't bless those things? But how many are thankful for institutions and, and organizations and, and all these things that said we are going to be a godly, God, come on, God-fearing institution? How many know God blesses those things? They may not be the most godly in the world, but if they're God-fearing, somehow God honors that. Amen? It's when we get away from that, that's when God begins to shake those things. And I think the third thing that God shakes, as the Bible declares, God shakes the whole earth. God, in Revelation 6, we see that the whole earth shaking physically. Isn't that amazing? It's tremendous. You know, if you've, if you've lived out west or, or wherever you've lived, and you lived through an earthquake, and maybe you were there in Southern California or some other places, uh, you know, it's just, it's a crazy place to be when you don't know at any point, in any time, the earth is going to shake. And how many know that that kind of fear and that kind of, instability is when you're living a life without God. When you're living a life without God, I, I believe that's what it's like. You don't know when anything's going to happen. Anything could happen at any moment in a negative way, in a destructive way. But how many know when you're living for God, you have confidence that whatever God does, He's going to uphold the righteous. Amen. That He's going to bless the righteous. Is that, is that right? Come on. Amen. The Bible says that we're in the hollow of His hand. Amen. Hallelujah. He's keeping us. No matter what's going on around us, the Bible says that His people are in the apple of His eye and they're in the, hand, in the palm of His hand. Amen. I believe God's going to watch out for them. But, you know, the whole earth shakes. And God deals with nations and God deals with people groups according to His will. Not just out of His emotions. How many know we would like God to deal with some nations in the world because we don't like them? But how many know God deals when He wants to, the way He wants to, with whoever He wants to. And God seems to deal with whole nations. God calls whole nations to repentance, doesn't He? How many know God's been calling our nation to repentance for a long time? And God's still calling us. And I'm thankful for a remnant that's standing in the gap for our nation. Amen. If you're praying and fasting for our nation, you're part of the remnant that's saying, God, withhold what we deserve and show mercy. Amen. Because the, the Bible makes it clear that God will shake the whole earth. And if He has to shake the earth to deal with the people group, He will do so. Is that right? How many know we can never get so, so away from the idea of God's sovereignty? I think sometimes we get so lifted up and, and, we, and we live in this great nation and we say how great we are as a nation. We, we can't get away from God can do whatever He wants to, whenever He wants to, with whomever He wants to, at any time He wants to. I mean, to believe in the sovereignty of God. Yes, we do. And, and, and He just has an attitude. He thinks He's God. Hey, come on, how many know? But how many know we're not going to change his mind, right? We're not going to argue on that point. But he shakes the whole earth. And the Bible says that God will even shake the foundations of the earth in Psalms. Wow, that's pretty powerful, isn't it? And so the earth is the Lord's, the Bible says. Everything in it and everybody that lives in it is his. He, he owns this, this blue marble, as they say. He owns this planet. He owns this ball of dirt. Amen. And he owns this and he can do what he wants to. But how many are thankful that God has a plan for this earth? God has a will for this earth. And God's passion, He wants to, to kind of see His passion for this world, amen, come through His people. But that's why it's important that we understand that God will shake the whole earth. 
In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus said this, talking about the times that would come and follow after his, his ascension. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be dark and the moon will not give light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Jesus even says and prophesies that the heavens will shake. How many believe God's going to do it? Yes, they will. So what, that's what can be shaken, a few things, but what cannot be shaken? Because the writer of Hebrews says that whatever can't be shaken will remain. And so what can't be shaken? Well, we know, as the writer here is saying, what? An unshakable kingdom. So we know the kingdom of God is never going to be shaken. Why? Because one of the things it says is it, talk, it describes an unshakable kingdom because it's not connected to this world. That's why it will remain. Because anything that's not connected to this world can't be shaken. That's what he says. And so it's an unshakable kingdom. It's not connected to this world. It's already proven. It's already strong. It's already been established. How many know before the earth was formed, God's kingdom was already established? It's strong. It's already been proven. Amen. This kingdom in this world has not been proven. Come on. And it's unstable, unstable, right? But God's kingdom will never be shaken. And so whatever isn't touching the earth isn't shaken. And so what can't be shaken, we know that God can't be shaken. How many know you can't tell God what to do? The writer, I think it was Isaiah said, who's going to give you counsel? Nobody. That's a rhetorical question. Nobody. Who can tell you what to do? Nobody. Amen. So his, his kingdom, as the writer says here, it's, it's his kingdom can't be shaken. But how many know there's a couple other things that cannot be shaken? I think it's this. I, I believe it's his word. His word will never be shaken. That's why you can trust in the Word of God. That's why you can build your life on the Word of God. That's why you can claim every promise in this Word. That's why the Bible says Jesus prophesied, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my Word will never pass away. Amen. Is that right? It's unshakable. You're not going to shake the Word of God. You're not going to be able to shake it. I don't care who, who says that it's wrong, it's a lie, and tears it up and burns it. How many of the Word of God is unshakable? Amen. I'm excited about the Word of God. Amen. And then the other thing I think that's unshakable is His people. It's His remnant. The Bible says His church is going to be forever. It's His people in the earth. God will not allow His people to be shaken to the place of destruction. Amen. He's going to allow us to be shaken, to be tested, but not destroyed. Is that right? And it's unshakable. The kingdom of God, the word of God is unshakable. And so I, I believe the way that God shakes the kingdoms of man, the way that he shakes the systems of this world, and the way that he shakes principalities and powers is this, by his written word and his spoken word. Let me go back to Haggai. What does he say? There was a shaking at Mount Sinai. What happened at Mount Sinai? God gave his word. How many know God's word is still prevailing today? Amen. And it's the power of God's word in the earth today that's going to change our culture. It's not how fancy we do church. It's not how we try to dress it up and how we make and change. Come on. It's not a political movement. It's the word of God that's going to change the hearts of men. Amen. It's the word of God that God spoke and thundered, as the Bible says, from the very beginning. Haggai says, I'm going to shake the earth one more time with my word. How many know when Jesus comes back, what does it say he's coming with first? A great shout. His word is coming forward. Come on, his word is coming forward. And that's what's happening in the word. So guess what? The more the church stands on the word, declares the word, believes in the word of God, the more the world would be shaken of the things that do not matter. Amen. 
And the things that matter will remain. Hallelujah. Amen. So it's his spoken word, his written word. And Matthew chapter 7, I'm getting ready to wind down. But in Matthew chapter, that just means I'm going 50 minutes now. Um, it doesn't. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus teaches about two houses, two foundations, and one storm. And he says this, here's the difference. The difference was whoever was hearing and doing the word of God. That was the difference. And Haggai begins to encourage the people of God. Notice what it says in Hebrews chapter 12 and it says in verse 25, Listen to the word of God, for if they disobeyed back then and it wasn't good for them, how much more must we listen to what God is saying? Right? And in Matthew chapter 7, the difference is hearing and doing the word of God. Hearing and doing what, what the written word and the spoken word God has already established. So whatever is, is not built on what is, is from hearing and doing will be shaken. So whatever you build your life on, whatever we build in this world that is built on the teachings of Jesus will remain. Is that, do you believe that? Amen. And I'm going to quote from that old, the writer of that old song that says, On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. How many believe that? Amen. Again, it's just the worship team. And so I believe that heaven and earth, as the Bible teaches, is going to pass away, but the word will never pass away. So that's why this is one of the things we have to understand today that is happening. This is happening all around us. We feel it. We feel this disruption in this normal order of things. We feel uh, a shaking. We feel uncertain. But how many know, I believe, that the moment your heart begins to fear, the moment our, our heart, we get confused, we get frustrated, we get upset, I believe that we need to stand on the Word of God. Amen? Amen? Let's stand together. I want to share with you just real quick and brief and closing and go into the last verse, the last two verses of Hebrews chapter 12. I want to tell you this is the end game. This is the end game of God. This is what it's all about. Amen. I'm not talking about Marvel. I'm talking about the Word of God. This is the end game right here. This is it. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 28. And he said this. He said, he talks about a shaking. And then he says this. He said, we must not, uh, not only be extremely thankful, but I'll offer God the purest worship that delights his heart. As we lay down our lives in absolute surrender filled with awe. This is what it means. It means an overwhelming worship that leads to complete reverence to God. So he's beginning to say and, to, and close this, this book. And he says, look, I'm reminding you of something that Haggai said. One time God shook the earth with his word. He's going to do it a second time. Come on, he's going to do it a second time. But let me tell you something. Here's the key for the people of God. Don't lose heart. Don't lose focus, but it, just start worshiping God in this hour. Start living a life that is totally surrendered and in awe to God Almighty. How many know the end result is reverence to God? Amen. This is why God shakes the institutions. This is why God shakes us. That's why God allows these things to go on. Because He's looking for honor and reverence for His name. Is that right? Amen. And so I'm telling you, God does it for a reason. And so I believe that the results of the shaking in Hebrews as described in Hebrews is this, that God's people responding in the present so that He can reveal His presence. How many know that's what we need to do? We need to re respond to God in the present so He can reveal His presence. I don't know about you, but I want the presence to be in the present. Amen? And that's what it's about. That's why God, God never shakes because He has a bad attitude, because He doesn't like people. He always does it for His glory. 
He always does it because His presence comes in the midst of, of us and it changes us. It reveals who He is. And how many know our city needs the presence of God? Amen. Our nation needs the presence of God. You need the presence. Your family needs His presence. When God shows up, things begin to change. And that's what happens when shaking. God's just getting a little closer to America. Amen. God's just coming a little bit closer to our nation because there's a little bit of shaking going on. Amen. Let me just read you a scripture while you're standing a little bit for a little bit more. In Isaiah chapter 64, he said this. This was a tremendous prayer. And this is what's happening. We're praying and fasting right now. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to be praying and fasting. But this is a prayer. Oh, he's praying to God. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens, that you would come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence. As fire burns brushwood, uh, as fire causes water to boil to make your name known to your adversaries. That the nations may tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things, for when we did look back and we came back, you came down and the mountains shook at your presence. How many know that's a prayer right now that we need to be praying? God, open up the heavens. Open up the heavens and shake this earth. And this is what Isaiah was praying. The key for God's people is to be praying. The key for us is to be knowing what God is doing and then to act on it. As Haggai said to the people of God, so Isaiah says it and so we say it today. It's heaven-shaking prayer that leads to earth-shaking glory. That's what it's all about. Amen. How many are going to pray that prayer? God, that you would shake the heavens to shake the earth. Because once again, he promised, I'm not just going to shake this earth. I'm going to shake heaven and earth. Something's going to happen. Amen. That heaven and earth is going to shake. Amen. How many know when Jesus came, heaven and earth shook? When Jesus comes back, heaven and earth is going to shake. Amen. And so this morning, we're not people that fear of these things. We're not people that, that we, we, we take into account and we say, who do we trust right now? We trust God. What, do we, what really matters right now? Well, it's the things of God. That's what really matters right now. Where are we standing when, when everything's shaking around us? We're going to stand on the Word of God. How many can lift your hand to heaven and say, I'm going to stand on the Word of God today? Can we just pray for our nation for a moment while your hand's lifted? Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for our nation. We pray, Lord, in the midst of everything that's going on. We pray in the midst of everything that, that's surrounding us and all the events that are taking place. We've got to recognize and we acknowledge that your, your hand is in it. Lord, we know that you're bringing a shaking and we, we welcome a shaking because you promised that once again you're going to shake. Not just the earth, but heaven and earth. And so, Lord, we pray that everything that is not of you, everything that is unnecessary, everything that is, is ungodly, Lord, will not stand in this hour, but only the things that are unshakable will stand. The kingdom of God, the word of God, your people, in Jesus' name, will stand in this hour. In Jesus' name. We pray, Lord, we pray that your will would be done. I pray, Lord, that that which you have intended all from the beginning will come to pass right now. That the glory of God will be seen like never before in our streets, in our communities. Lord, I ask that you would visit us with your presence. That we'll be changed to your glory, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.